0: Stay home. Government can only do so much to stop the spread of coronavirus.
1: That was Governor John Carney in March of 2020 when the decision was made to shut down the state and put restrictions in place to protect as many people as possible from COVID-19.
0: We all need to step up. We all need to do our part.
1: In addition to staying home, That included wearing masks in public places and sanitizing everything around. As a result, virtual communication became the new normal and many people became familiar with Zoom calls. For representatives Krista Griffith, Franklin Cook and Melissa Minor Brown, the pandemic and state restrictions meant figuring out new ways to effectively communicate with their constituents. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, you're listening to Whip Count. I'd like to take this time to welcome Representative Melissa Minor-Brown to Whip Count. She's a hardworking nurse, but also a hardworking legislator, Tell me, Representative Minor Brown, how are you coping during this pandemic? How are you maintaining a connection with your constituents?
2: It's kind of hard because we're not able to get out and about like we have before. But, you know, a lot of my communication with my constituents is via social media. I have connected with Uh, the different civic associations, Facebook pages, and, you know, just keeping everyone up to date on my rep page. Via email, we've sent out mass emails to my constituents just to let them know I'm still here. We also did a, um, a mailer with resources attached to it to let individuals know that I'm still here and they can reach out to my office or any of the other resources depending on, you know, what they might need. Also, I still knock doors some days. You know, there's, there's some constituents in my district that I know are alone. I uh, have a lot of seniors in my district. So it's important for me to get out there and knock on those doors, ensure that individuals are doing well, see if they need any assistance with anything. And, and I know that's the nurse in me as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of my seniors, I want to make sure that, you know, that they're in touch with their primary care providers, that they have food, that they have their medications that they need. What else can I say? Oh, you know what? Also, you know, when Halloween came we knew that the children would not be celebrating Halloween like they would have in the past okay so we got we connected with our local fire companies the Goodwill and Wilmington Manor and we we dressed up in a Halloween costume and we rode the 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 fire truck through the district and Senator Poore and the lieutenant governor she, she joined me and we, we threw out candy to the children and they really, really loved it. And that was also just to let them know we're still here. We're thinking about you. We know this is a tough time, but we want you to know that we care.
1: It sounds like that you've learned to be more creative as a legislator since communication has truly changed. The new normal is virtual communication. So tell me, has it been a little difficult some days or how would you explain just transitioning? Because when you came in, you're out and about, you get to go to different events. You get to really talk with a lot of your constituents face to face. And then now it's the bulk of it is very, very different from it's been two years, right? Two or three years you've been in office.
2: Yeah, We're going into year number three And, and you're right. It is different. You know, everything is virtual. We've now transitioned civic meetings civic association meetings to a virtual platform and majority of the individuals that attend civic meetings are seniors so this is new for them to try to jump on a zoom yes <laughs> and communicate via zoom it's a lot you know uh, so we just try our best you know to, to stay in contact you know call my constituents check on them send them cards you know we just, I just try my best. That's all I can say, because we're doing virtual with civic meetings. And then, of course, with our children, you know, they're getting way more technology time (laughs) than more screen time, I should say, than, you know, they should, you know, because of the virtual learning. But, you know, just try to be there to support the children, support the parents. It's a lot for parents. And for me, I have a a seven-year-old, and an 18 year old, yeah. you know, and I'm working as a nurse and I'm working as a legislator. So I want, I'm able to relate to the yeah, folks that are out here.
1: Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that a bit because you are an essential worker during this pandemic. And you see that not only is it important for us to take care of ourselves physically, but mentally, because you can Zoom fatigue is real. I must say that it is truly real.
2: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: In regards to mental health, what should people, what do you recommend? What are you sharing with your constituents? Because you are a healthcare professional. What do you say to them?
2: You know, I try to first validate everyone's feelings and concerns. I get it. You know, the, the, the Zoom fatigue, I have it too. But not just that, just the whole transition into COVID mode. And, you know, on one end, being a nurse and a COVID triage nurse. So, you know, just being in the midst of COVID and then having to transition over to being a legislator, I I try to help my constituents understand the importance of taking care of self. For one, mindfulness, you know, just paying attention to yourself, understanding when you may need a moment to just take care of yourself, whether that is just taking 10 minutes a day, you know, to just sit down and meditate or open your blinds in the house let some some sunlight in or or some fresh air open the windows go outside take a walk around the block you know how many people i've talked to that have said is it okay to go outside and still walk yeah. walk around the block walk my neighborhood yes it absolutely is go out there and do that you know wear a mask if you're going to come in contact with other individuals but definitely get out there, pull that mask down, and breathe in that fresh air. Get some sunlight, vitamin D. We need that for our mental health. And and we're not going to be able to, to really take care of our families if we are not taking care of ourselves first. So that is number one. Also, you know, I, I try to encourage people to get out there and just, and just get a little bit of exercise, you know, because that keeps your blood flowing. And, and that also helps with depression and and just being able to stay upbeat
1: yeah and that's the hard part honestly (laughs) still going out there and exercising especially if you were a gym person in the past prior pre-covid right
2: absolutely and and that's okay I can speak for myself you know I've had one too many cookies Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the last few months okay I think
1: we all have
2: (laughs) hard for me to get out there and walk. But I need to, you know, for my own mental health. And in order to be able to to homeschool and, and be a legislator, you know, I have to take at least 10-15 minutes out every day to just, you know, tune into myself, get some fresh air, and be able to to prepare myself for the next thing.
1: Of course we would all like to see this pandemic go away, but the good news is as we approach twenty twenty one, there's a vaccine. Are you talking to your constituents about the vaccine at all?
2: I am. I am speaking to my constituents because so many individuals are concerned and they reach out to me. Should I take this vaccine? Should I wait? You know, and I I try to explain to individuals that the benefit of the vaccine definitely outweighs the risk. Okay. When we look at COVID and the amount of deaths, but also when we look at the long-term effects of COVID, you know, the effect that it has on the lungs and the heart, the cardiac muscle, you know, we definitely have to put our our trust in the individuals who who worked on creating this vaccine, just like any other vaccine that has been created. I remember when uh, H1N1, when we were dealing with that, I was actually working on the front lines at the VA hospital, and I was I was one of the first to get that vaccine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I was worried then, you know, but I I turned out okay. And and yes, every vaccine is going to have side effects. Okay. You know, and it's important that people are educated on those side effects. And and they've also been um, administering the vaccine in other countries, you know, for the over the past few months. So I, I do try to explain to folks what the side effects are, the benefits that outweigh the risks of not getting the vaccine so that. You know, we can hopefully one day get to a point where we can congregate again, you know, hug each other again, go outside again and not have to wear a mask.
1: Is there anything you want to share about your experience as a legislator, any positives from 2020 helping you to become a better legislator that you can share with all of us?
2: You know what? What I can say is that I am still here for the reasons that I ran for office. You know, being a nurse, you know, I, I, I just felt like I had to be in this position because saving lives to me is it's so much broader than, you know, CPR and keeping someone healthy and and restarting a heart. You know, to me, saving lives is being able to empower another person or inspire someone or help somebody reach a goal or, or get somewhere that they never thought they could. And I'm still that person. And I would say even more so than before. You know, once I've gotten into this arena, it just feels so good to be able to empower and inspire another individual or be the voice for the voiceless. You know, we're we're almost on the other side of this. We are almost there, but we have to continue to social distance. We have to continue to wear our masks, and we have to continue to take care of self. And one day, we'll look back and say, wow, I can't believe that we were in the midst of a pandemic, and we got through it. And we're going to come out of this stronger than we were when we were prior to
1: Thank you for joining us, Representative Frank Cook. We are talking about COVID-19, something that is not new. We've been dealing with it for the past year. And I'm just curious, how are you coping during this pandemic? How are you staying in contact with your constituents?
0: Well, basically, I have active civic associations. And even through COVID, I keep in contact with the president of each of my basically four to five civic associations because a lot of them don't have up and operating civic associations. So what I try to do is keep in contact to the ones that are active. And I find out what the the subject matter is in their their neighborhoods, how they're doing with public safety, how they're doing with food, how they're doing with education. And uh, because most of my constituents are in the Colonial School District and I only have South Bridge that's in the Christina School District. And they... Basically tell me all the problems or anything that they're having in the district. And also, I keep them abreast on testing sites, Delaware Food Bank sites, and where we're having these uh, the testing sites, especially throughout the, the district of the 16th District. And it's very, very important that that information gets out. And usually my, my presidents, they get out and make sure they get the word out. So, so it's very, very important.
1: What are some of their concerns? I'm sure the pandemic is probably one of the most popular things to talk about nowadays, the vaccinations, the, the testing sites. But tell us, what are some of the concerns?
0: Well, some of the concerns are, you know, if they don't have the computer or smartphones to get their information out or, or receive information, that's very, very important because a lot of my constituents are older three-generational housing. So I have to make sure that they get their information by DPH or DHSS that, or from a family friend that can get them the information when they come to testing, especially in walk-ups. It's very, very important because a lot of them catch the bus for their transportation through DART and and get dropped off at these sites. The the other big concern is probably education reference to the kids with the the laptops that school districts give out. And that they're on there, you know, meeting their the demands through the school, the school district in education, getting with their teachers and, and being online, making sure they're getting their credits for their, their education and what they're needing. And, and, of course, food is very, very important. My district is a food desert. And that they get food and and, and that, you know, the food. The food bank has been coming through. I I can't praise them more of what they've been doing in the 16th district up and down the uh, Newcastle Avenue corridor, and and it's been done very well. And and when I say Newcastle County, I have to give uh, thanks to uh, the Newcastle County government, Matt Meyer, and all the efforts that he's doing in both food and in testing.
1: Okay. So you strike me as the kind of person that when you ran for office, it was because you're a people's person. You like to be out and about. So I'm sure this has been very different for you because you're communicating most of the time online with your constituents.
0: Yes, Uh, online and also on the telephone. I I get a lot of telephone calls and I try to get back to every person who calls me. And even if it's regardless, it's not in my district. But I try to call uh, my constituents back on any problems that they're having. Some of them are having problems with Delmarva. Some are having problems with cable, trees, overgrown trees in their backyards, pulling wires down. Also having um, you know, trouble in making sure they can get their payments which and finding out what the payment plans are now since Delmarva has put in... A, a, p- a payment plan for those with electric, and 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 I'm dealing with that with the Margaret right, right now as we speak. That I'm putting out on my uh, rep page on Facebook. That you know there are some things that the Margaret will work along with the constituents reference to their, their bills and their electric. And also, I'm in an environmental uh, disparities here on, on the Route 9 corridor and working along them, making sure they get information reference to Crota and to the environmental issues that we have up and down the Route 9 corridor. So, you know, I've got to keep up on things to make sure my constituents keep up on it also.
1: Yeah. How are you coping, though? I'm sure this is a big change for you in terms of being the one who would be able to go out and meet people personally, but now dealing with people
0: virtually. Well, usually I do. If I have to go out, I try to first call, and if I can't get them through that email or text and I can't get through that, I usually go to the constituents home and just stand outside and see what the problem is and that I've been calling them. And that either a family member or, any, or anyone in their family or friends or next door neighbors know that I've been out there to see, you know, what the problem is or what the concern is. And that's very, very important in grassroots. And I, I do everything by grassroots, boots on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the, in, on the Route 9 Carter. So I, I go out and if I can't get them, I try to you know, go out and make a call or call the family and make sure they go out. But I try to go out and, and go to everything. Like coming up now, I gotta make sure my drains are, are pretty clear in my constituents areas. So I gotta make sure my drains and stuff are clear so we don't have any flooding in the areas or they'll call me and say it's flooding and then I have to call the proper authorities through the county or the state to, to unclog drains. So that's one issue I go out and make sure I knock on doors and make sure they're done. So I, I go out to the doors and, and knock.
1: Okay. Sounds like you're still excited. This this pandemic has not scared you away from public service.
0: <laughs> well, it, it does a little bit because I rather, I, I, I like hands-on. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm zoomed out just a little bit, but that's how life is right now. That's that's what's going on in America. But, you know, I, I like to meet the person and see them face-to-face. Ain't nothing like it. And, and now uh, uh, it's very, very important when we get back to that, that, we all get back to seeing people face to face It's the best way to go. Yeah.
1: Any big lessons, anything you've learned personally?
0: Yes. I've learned that, you know, what is very, very important uh, with my constituents uh, and, you know, they sometimes they have pride and don't say much, but you know, when, when you have food desert, you know, going on in a bank desert in the, in the 16th district, it's important that you make sure transportation is right. We make sure that we contact neighbors to make sure to contact other neighbors. Uh, back in my day, we you can go next door and borrow bread, borrow sugar, whatever you needed. These days, you know, people don't do that much. And that's the old school way. But now, you know, you got to make sure the community is connected and, and looking after our elderly and also looking after those, those young folks out there to, to make sure, you know, they're doing the right thing and, and, and progressing in the neighborhood. And it, and it really—it's it's the, it's the community, it's the people that that makes this work. It's not Representative Frank Cook. It, it, it doesn't—it takes—it takes the village. I can't do it by myself. And they're working hard to get it done. Okay. So, so it's working out.
1: I'm happy to have Representative Krista Griffith back on with Cal. Thanks for joining us again. You know, the last time you were on, we talked about elections. We talked about. The, the presidential election, rather, and you were running for office on the Biden-Harris ticket, the same ticket. And so congratulations on your win. I must start off by saying that.
3: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a wonderful win. Uh, it was a wonder, and it was really uh, the opportunity to be on the same ballot uh, with President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris was just such an honor. I'm so excited uh, for for their team and and what they're going to bring to our country and it was just it was just fun to be on the same ballot too I'm sure I'm sure
1: so in this episode we've been talking about covid and how legislators have adapted of course to stay in touch with their constituents what are you doing to stay connected with the residents in your district
3: Well I have to tell you it has been such a journey in terms of learning how to be in contact and in communication with constituents. You know, communication is really the ultimate test, I think, to whether or not someone is doing a good job representing the needs of their constituents. There's no way to do this uh, job effectively unless you are talking with and listening, most importantly to listening to what the what what's going on in people's lives, what their needs are, what their concerns are, what their joys and celebrations are. And so because communication is so important, uh, this pandemic has really, in addition to all of the awful challenges that it's presented in our lives, from, you know, losing loved ones to losing employment, to losing that connection, in-person connection, you know, when when the pandemic hit, I was struggling initially with what to do, you know, frankly, like, what? how do I reach out to people that I care about and that I represent in this 12th district. And, you know, of course, we have our regular medium um, that we all use with social media, and that's wonderful, and that's been integral, and we've learned new ways of of using uh, social media and technology to communicate with our constituents. But, you know, that only reaches a limited number of people you know, you still have a, a quite, you know, a, a number of people either by age or by choice that aren't so familiar with social media or, or, you know, even email or, you know, Zoom, any of that. I mean, I think Zoom's, Zoom, salt Zoom has become a whole new term in our dictionary that Zooming was not, you know, I think Merriam-Webster's probably gonna have to add this word to, um, to its list of uh, words that, um, yes because of that pandemic and so i think you know that it was so hard to figure out what am i going to do you know in the beginning like i am using all sorts of social media tools to do this but there's there's other i i i I felt very helpless like that i was missing a bunch of people and so i went to the old-fashioned um phone Mm -hmm. and i also went to the post office and Mm -hmm. I What we did is uh, very early on in the pandemic, I think March or April time frame, I did a mailer to constituents and it basically contained uh, in the, at the outset of this pandemic, the um, just integral information that um, would help people understand the virus, understand um, how to how to um, get information should they need it from the state regarding, um, testing procedures, or if, you know, what to do if you're symptomatic or a loved one's symptomatic, everyone, so many people were losing jobs and so many small businesses were closing or facing closure. And the state had a number of opportunities for, you know, loans, um, or assistance. And so that, that mailer also included that information. So I sent as well as, um, as well as my uh, phone number and email. And what what the mailer also had was, which I thought was really helpful, uh, was a, a, a detachable postcard. So the mailer had a detachable postcard. And so it could, you know, just easily kind of tore on the side of the, where the little mark was. And it it was addressed to me. And on one side uh, was blank and constituents could write whatever they wanted to write about how I could help them. And I found that really helpful because, of course, we were getting a lot of emails from constituents about, you know, people were losing jobs, needing help with unemployment, or how do I get tested? Or I'm symptomatic, what do I do? You know, so a lot of emails were coming in, which was helpful that my aide and I were responding to. But then, of course, we were really worried about that group of people who weren't turning to email so what we did was a mailer as one as one way to reach out and the postcard you know i was surprised i'm like it was a, it was kind of a, a test if you will I, I wasn't sure if people would respond or you know yeah. throw it away or, or maybe they would take the other part and put it up on the refrigerator because i had the phone numbers and and people to call um, but i did i started to get postcards from people That's and good. it was and so uh, the response seemed yeah to work. It, It did. It worked. And it worked for people that I, that I really wanted it to work for. I mean, not everybody, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who, you know, still to this day, I, you know, worried like oh gosh were they how are they all doing and were they able to get what they needed um but you know i'll tell you that the emails that i got ranged uh, had a number of issues one was an older woman uh, in her late 80s who wanted to go she has a chronic medical condition and she needed to go get blood work and she had no mask Mm. and so she wrote to me and she says i don't have a mask and i also put a phone number on there and she followed up with a with a phone call and she says i you know i don't i i need a mask what can i do and um I had a friend who was making masks, and I called my friend. I said, hey, can you, I have a constituent who needs a mask. Do you have any available? And she says, yes, I have three. So I went over, I picked up three masks from her, and I dropped them off at the constituent's house. And she wrote to me later saying how that helped her to uh, be able to get to her doctor's appointment. You know, it was early in that time where masks were not plentiful. You know, we have come a long way in sort of a sad way that now we have so many masks and it's just become routine and habit that we're all wearing them. But back in the very beginning of this, you know, just nine months ago, even that concept of wearing a mask was foreign and also not being able to get hands on one. So, you know, so that helped. And so I that was, you know, you really, I had to pivot to looking at all the options for communication, mail, mail, was one way and then I did start picking up the phone and calling and I would call you know on good days I would call 100 constituents a day on slow days I'd call one or two you know busy days where I I didn't have a lot of time I'd call one or two and they were just simply check-in calls how are you doing what's on your mind and it was great because you know I, I did get a lot of information from people about their concerns and how I could help them but also more broader general concerns about the community and and their frustrations with the pandemic and 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 just life in general so you know it and it also it, you know continued to reveal to me how close my community is and how um wonderful they are you know i heard a lot of stories from constituents about how they're helping neighbors and how neighbors have been helping them get through it and you know a lot of positive optimism from from everybody. So when I was having, you know, a day where it's like, oh, this is really, this is challenge um, to pick up the phone and, and talk to my constituents really was made me feel good and gave me um, energy to, to keep going with reaching out.
1: Sounds like a real community. You guys were all there to help each other. So getting into this position as a legislator, you never imagine, I'm sure, to have to just go virtual, right? Right. You get in this field because you get into public service because you like connecting with people. You like meeting someone and getting up close and personal. Uh, Mentally, how have you been coping?
3: Well, I have... (laughs) I have two boys, uh, who are school age. One is six and one is 12. So the first half of this pandemic, whenever, when there was no, um, in-person school whatsoever for anybody, um, we were all in the house together. And so there was a lot of my, I, personally, I had a, you know, a lot of, uh, work to do with them and like everybody else. And so I got it. Like when people would call and say, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, in, you know, homeschooling my kids—I've never done this before. I, you know, I—I I had a true appreciation for what that was like. Um, but I just missed—I miss—and it sounds funny when people I say this to the two friends of mine um, who. Are, who aren't um and as politically active um I said you know I gotta I'm going to a community meeting I'm really excited to see neighbor you know generally speaking I'm like I'm gonna go see, to a homeowners association meeting tonight and I'm literally looking forward to it and they're like you're going to what like I didn't even <laughs> go to my own homeowners association I'm like yeah but they're fun like yes. it's such a small you know it's like a true like representative group of people that have something specific and you know they're talking and you're seeing faces and yes. um you know, there's traditions there. Like one, um, one, um, one group always has, like in their fall, they always have their community meeting and they always have ginger snaps and apple cider. And it's oh, just, you know, it's cider. very neighborly. <laughs> you know, other folks have them in their homes or at different community centers. And it's just, it's nice to see faces and it re- really makes you feel connected. So I, I miss that a great deal. I really did. But, um, you know, again, like we had to learn a new way. and. Yeah. You know, I think, with a, I think what, I, what, I, what I have is a deeper appreciation for, um, for this job and um, why it's important and, um, and mostly for um, the constituents who are so good and helpful to one another and um, respectful and, and just have been, they've been through it. They've been through a ton, they've lost jobs, they've lost loved ones, but they're still reaching out for one another and each other and I'm incredibly lucky to serve them.
1: Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebookcom House Dems, on Twitter at DE House Dems, on Instagram also at DE House Dems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed.